out joyful praises to God all the earth. Sing about the glory of his name and tell the world how glorious he is. World, the Lord is glorious. World, the Lord is glorious. Hey world, the Lord is glorious. Hey, can you hear me? We gotta tell the world that the Lord is glorious. Great is, Jesus is King. Jesus is Lord. Thank you.
Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. Your enemies cringe before your mighty power. Everything on earth will worship you. They will sing your praises, shouting your name in glorious songs. Come and see what our God has done. What awesome miracles he performs for people. Thank you, Lord. Let the whole world bless our God and loudly sing his praises. Our lives are in his hands and he keeps our feet from stumbling. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Thank you, God. The splendor of a king clothed in majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice and he wraps in light and darkness tries to hide and trembles at his voice trembles at his voice how great is our God sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great, how great is our God. Age to age is
great our God is, I can look around this room, and I started looking around this room at the end of that song, and just seeing people changed by God, by the power of God. Things that no man can imagine changes people. God changes people from who they used to be into this new creation. As you see them worshiping all in the same room together, you know God is great. Because I wouldn't be here, you wouldn't be here if he wasn't. He transforms us, and I, and I love seeing that in people. I love seeing people worship that used to be addicted. I love seeing people worship that used to be wrapped up in this or wrapped up in that, but now they have freedom from all of that stuff. How great is our God. So before you're seated this morning, just turn around and say, how great is our God to a few people around you. Let them know. How great is our God. I love, I love, I love what he's doing. I love that we sur when we surrender, that we know his presence is all over us, around us, in us. And I'm, I'm just thankful this morning to serve a great God. And to come together with you guys once and twice a week to be together. And, and proclaim how great our God is and to see people changed. That's why we're here. That's why we're on this earth is for people to encounter the love of Jesus and to be saved and that none should perish, not even our worst enemy. God loves them as well. And he is a great, great God. I will get in our message this morning. The church defined who we are versus who we should be. How many of you know there's a difference? I'm not just saying here necessarily, but the church in general, there's a, there's, there's a thing you can label us now versus who we should actually be. And we're going to break that down this morning. And the biblical definition of church, some people today see the church as what? A building. We know that's not a biblical understanding of who the church is. The word church is a translation of the Greek word ekklesia, which is defined as an assembly or the called out ones, all right? So the root meaning of church is not of a building, but the people. We are the church. Not this building that we've built, which is beautiful, but we, the people that inhabit this building and come in here, we are the church. It's the church is the body of believers. Romans 16, 5, I'm going to share a few scriptures here early on. Bless you. Romans 16, 5. We're family. When one sneezes, we bless them. <laughs> Romans 16, 5 says, Also, give my greetings to the church that meets in their home. And Paul refers to the church in their house, not a church building. So, again, it's the body of believers that makes up the church, not the building we meet in. The church is the body of Christ, and Jesus is the head of us. It's our example. He's where we're following. Ephesians 1, 22 verses 23. 
God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Again, the body of Christ is made up of all believers in Jesus Christ from the day of Pentecost until Christ's return. So in regards to this, we can look at the church in two different ways. Universal, like every, everybody all over. And we can look at the local church, would be, which would be like us um, here meeting together. We're the local church. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 talks on this. And I know I'm jumping quick through these scriptures, but they're on the screen for you also if you want to go back and reference. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. So everyone who believes on Jesus is part of the body of Christ. Everyone who has received salvation through faith in Jesus makes up the universal church. Local church, Galatians 1, verses 1 and 2. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Jesus from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. So local church, local body of believers, that's us. That's Church of the Harvest, that's First Christian Church, that's Christ Church, that's Central Christian Church, that's Methodist Church, it's all of us around this area. We are the local church. Now, we should all be on the same page and we should not be competing with each other. That happens. We're all trying to get people to Jesus. And whatever that looks like, how we collaborate together, should be a team thing. Not working against each other. Okay? Acts 2 church is our model. It's what I believe for Orchardville Church as well. Body of believers, the church, should be devoting themselves to the teaching found in God's word. We should be devoted to fellowship with each other. Sharing in meals. Sharing in meals. Sharing in meals. <laughs> what are we doing after church, dear? What? <laughs> Which includes the Lord's Supper and to prayer. We should be devoted to prayer as well. The early church, Acts 2 church, shared everything they had, okay? Now, believe it or not, in this church, this local body, I was once offered a truck for nothing from someone that was in this church. Can you believe that? I mean, I, my vehicle was out of blue and engine. We don't have to go into that story. The check engine light was on, but I thought that meant sometime get a check soon. But anyway, when that happened, we were down a vehicle and someone that was attending this church offered me a fairly nice truck to have. I said, no, no I, why did I say that? <laughs> but he was, they were willing to give me a truck, extended cab, and just give it to me to have and keep. That happened here in this church. Share everything. Operate in power and authority. So important that the church takes their place in power and authority. We have been weak long enough. We have power and authority through Jesus that we can walk in. They saw miraculous signs and wonders. To me, when we get to that place, we should see that stuff on a regular basis. 
Now, I shared on Facebook, they're here this morning, she's not, but last week, Jervis Stroud came up. Is it okay if I share? Okay. She came up and she asked, I asked after the fact. They had found an abnormality in her heart on an echo last, the week before. And she came up Sunday and we were believing in miraculous signs and wonders and healing. And they went back Monday, correct? To get that echo again. And guess what wasn't there anymore? Praise God. What I'm talking about, healings, miracles, signs, and wonders, and praising God always. And the Lord, what did he do as they did that? Added to their fellowship daily. Added people being saved and accepting Christ as their Savior daily. That's who we should be. Do we fail? Yes. Let's talk about what maybe some people are saying about who we are as a church right now, or even the last couple of years. And again, I'm not necessarily meaning Orchardville. It's a great place, and we have a lot of love that flows in this place and out of this place, okay? But we do have issues, just like any place does. But as I'm talking about these things that people may be saying, that doesn't necessarily mean this church, but the church in general, okay? Things that we can see, that we can agree that to some extent that we need to work on. So, who we are. Francis Chan says this, something that God has designed to function as a family has been reduced to an optional weekly meeting. And this has become the norm. It's become expected. How in the world did we get here? It's normal for us to come out on a Sunday. But the early church, they were together a lot more often and communing together. And you say, well, things are different. There's opportunity for us to meet outside this building a lot more than we do right now. With little pockets of us getting together and still being the church. Okay? I'm going to hit on this for a little bit, not to cause controversy, but just to, to put this in perspective about how we're kind of viewed right now. Okay? When churches closed down because of the pandemic, I don't even feel right talking about it. <laughs> the truth is, we the church stopped being the church. Because the building was closed. That's not right. Okay? And then some of you guys are sitting in here as soon as I said, you know, we stopped being the church. Well, that's because we closed down, Rick. Baloney. That's what I say to that. And, and know this, that I did not like that we were closed down for any length of time. But we stopped being the church not because we closed the door, but because we, the building wasn't open, we stopped meeting together. All it takes is two or three to gather in his name, and we stopped doing that because this building wasn't open. <laughs> we, we stopped loving each other because we weren't here in the building. We stopped using our gifts because we didn't have a building to showcase them in or a crowd to be in front of. Not everybody. Again, I gave that little disclaimer, okay? We still should have been encouraging each other outside of here. Okay? Um, these things could have, still can be accomplished whether this building is open or closed. Because we are the church. 
Do not forsake the gathering together. I know people are going to say that's scripture. That's for in here and out of here. Okay? We can still gather as the church outside of this building and do it more often as a family. Okay? And again, don't get me wrong. I love having this building open every week. I think it's important that we're open every week. I cherish our time together. And I think every time we come together and we worship like we just were, it makes, it makes God smile. And I've already been encouraged from the first 43 minutes that I've been in here. So I know being here is important. And it's, a, it's important that we're open, okay? And I'm not trying to say that, you know, that it's okay if we're closed. We had a talk, me and the deacons did early on, that I don't ever want to close down again for anything other than treacherous, terrible weather. And that still gets me a little bit. But I don't ever want to close the doors because it's too vital for some people to be encouraged by the body of believers and they need to be here. They need to feel that love. Okay? All right. And please don't misconstrue this to mean that I don't have to come to Ultraville Church every week. Woohoo! Rick gave me a free pass. The times we gather together are encouraging, and I need them every week. I do. Uh, but this can't be the only place that I'm the church, that you're the church. It has to be outside of here as well. That's what I'm trying to get at. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is? Now, I'll tell you this, you can have faith on your own. You can have hope in Jesus on your own. But how in the world can you love on your own? If we're going to love, we have to meet together. We have to love one another through things. We have to be there for each other. So that's where I'm coming from in that too. And that, again, not just in here, but outside of here. We have to love people. Every week as service ends, and I think Mark Shell used to say this, something along the lines of the church has left the building. There goes the church. Here comes the church. Okay, it's us. And because of that, the church is never closed. Does that make sense? I'm the church, you're the church. We're never closed. We don't take days off. And I want to say this, and I'm going to read it twice. Hold tighter to scripture than you do to, do to traditions. <laughs> Hold tighter to scripture than you do to traditions. It's about the word of God first and foremost and what it says. Not because we've done it this way or we've done it that way. It's, it's scripture first. As of 2019, only 36% of Americans say they have a great deal of confidence in the church. 36% of the world, that's it, has a great deal of confidence in the church. That number in the 70s was 68%. The church has gotten weaker. And as the church has gotten weaker, the world has gotten messier. 36% say they have some confidence, and then 28% say they have none at all, zero. No confidence at all. Only about half of America thinks the church has a positive impact on how things are going in our country. Half. And here's some other things that people outside the church would maybe say. How can the church bring unity when they're divided themselves within their body? That's true. 
They fight each other instead of serving the needs of their neighbors. Other things that outsiders may say about the church, universal church. I don't feel welcome when I get around people of the church. I do not feel that's the case here at all. And I've told you before, if it is for you when you come in here, please let me know before you decide not to come back. I want to know that as the pastor, if we're not making you feel welcome and friendly as, as, as you come in this place. I need to know that. If it's just because you don't want to talk to people and you ignore people, then that's on you, okay? <laughs> there are those too. Uh, they may say Christians have made it about a building instead of being the church. We've got this beautiful facility. Oh, it's all about the great everything that we have in this building, and we stop being the church to people outside of it. Some say it's about an entertainment and popularity instead of being about Jesus and encounters with the Holy Spirit that changes people. Now, I'm not going to get into all that. I mean, there are ministries out there that it looks like they're all about me, 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 instead of pointing to him. And that's backwards. It, it should never be about us. It should never be about how popular Rick can get or how popular you can get or how popular Orchardville Church can get. It's all about him. Everything we do should point to him and not about us. Some people say, and I just had a guy tell me this through Messenger the other day, it's all about the money with church. It's all about the money. For some churches, that might be true, sadly. All you want is the money. How about this one? Christians are hypocrites. Yes, yes we are. It runs very deeply, actually, throughout our church. We all have this significant gap between what we say we believe and how we act sometimes. So join with us because you are correct. You're welcome here too. We all need Jesus. Here's another one that some people say, and these are some I've heard personally. Today's preachers just say what people want to hear to try and keep the peace in their church. I don't. Or some people don't want to offend the ones that give a lot of money towards the church. I don't care. If you start looking at church like that as a pastor, you are so, so wrong. I got to appease the big tithers because I want to keep them happy. What about him? I don't mean to sound crude and rude and I hope that's not coming across like that. But it's never going to be about, <laughs> I'll be quiet. I'll jump back in that later. <laughs> Let's jump on the other side of more. I, talked, I started out by uh, who we should be, okay? Let's talk a little bit more about that, who we should be versus who we may be universally as a church right now, who we should be. That's what we're striving for. for. Again, another Francis Chan quote. Just imagine if the church was made up of people who would literally go to the cross for one another, who would lay down their life for a brother or sister in the church, that we had that much love for each other. Just imagine if that's the way it was in the church universally. How do you think people would view that? Man, they love. They love each other. They're there for each other. They will do whatever it takes to love one another. They can't, they can't deny that kind of love if we have that in the church. And again, the church is us. How about this one? Who we should be. The church has real issues, but Jesus still refers to the church as his body, his bride. 
We must love his bride. I love you. I love every single one of you. I don't know some of you that well, but I love you. Well, thank you. We must love his bride, not gripe about her or leave her. Why is it that we as Christians sometimes quit on three of the most important things that God has given us? We quit on God when we don't fully surrender to him and take up our crosses every day. As as you spend some time doing that over and over, you end up walking away from God and you quit on him. We quit our churches. We quit each other. And we quit our marriages. Or before they get to that quitting stage, we don't honor each other, whether in the church or the marriage, in commitment like God intended, so therefore it leads to quitting on each other and quitting on God. Us as Christians. As we meet each week, we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Something sacred. And through Jesus' sacrifice, we have been joined to his church. We're together as a body of believers. And we have this how we should be. Another one, we have to be obedient to Jesus even when it's difficult. Even when things are hard, we have to be obedient. It's so important. But I'd rather not do that, Lord. Be obedient. But that... That's really going to make me look. No, what about everybody else? Be obedient. Another thing that we should be, we should have deep, loving, transparent relationships within the church body. You should feel so uh, loved, I'll say loved before comfortable, and transparent that if you're dealing with anything in your life, you should be able to feel like I can talk to this person, this person, this person, this person in here and know that they're going to help me through this. Because the hardest thing to do is to walk through something all by yourself. And they should be able to talk to you without fear of everybody else in the church knowing about it as well. We have to be relational, okay? We should be a body of believers who all have different giftings, but we all use them to edify the church. I may have a gifting that Chris doesn't have. Chris may have a gifting that Bear doesn't have, but we all, as we come together, we use all of those together to edify the church. And we work together. We should also, this is a hard one, and I don't know why we don't do it, because then they get so frustrated when it happens, We should let people know that it does cost you something to be a follower of Jesus. It's not all sunshine and roses all the time. I'm a Christian now. Woo! My life's perfect. I'm never going to have a problem again. We have to tell them there's a cost. Sometimes it's really difficult to follow Jesus. Sometimes you're going to get persecuted, and we don't even know persecution here, but it's coming. And my fear is that a lot in the church, a lot that make up the body will abandon God when the persecution comes because we haven't considered the cost. He never told anyone it would be easy as he discipled. 
He told them to take up their own cross and follow him. In this life, we will have trouble. We should worship wholeheartedly. I love worship. I love to worship. I love to get in that frame of mind to just celebrate what he's done in my life. It doesn't even get old to think about all the stuff that he brought me through. Every time I come in here, every time I have a chance to worship in my car at home, I always think about where God brought me from and what Jesus went through to get to me. I think about that all the time. And that's easy. When you think about that, when you remember, it's easy to have a heart of worship and not just sit there with nothing. Think about what he's done for you. Think about it often. We should be, a, be one powerful, powerful unified body together. We should let people know, I hit on this a little bit, that their problems are not just their problems. We belong together. That means the struggles of life as well. We're there for each other no matter what. Uh, sometimes we function as an orphanage instead of a family. I'm not knocking orphanages, but as loving as those adults might be, it's impossible for the kids to receive the love and care they desperately need, a lot of the one-on-one things. We need that. And far too often in church, we function like one. And we've got to be willing to take responsibility to care for, to disciple other people. How many did I tell you guys, at least right now, you should have how many people that you're discipling? No more than three, probably. One to two that you're just pouring into week after week, day after day. If you don't have someone, that's what we're called to do. Find someone that you can be pouring into. Find somebody that can help you be accountable. You can be accountable to each other. We should be producing fruit. We should be a praying church. How many of you know we got a prayer room before service right over here in this hallway? It's there. Anytime you want to use it. We should be focused on God's desires, not our own. I feel like this is a tough message this morning. (laughs) Here's first and foremost, God's desire is that no one would go to hell. No one should perish. So that means that my preferences can't get in the way of the mission of the church. Again, it's not about me. It's not about you. We're not here to worship you and your requests. You're not here to worship my needs and my requests and my preferences. We're here to worship him and lead people to him, bottom line. That's it. Have to be a place that teaches biblical doctrine. Provide a place of fellowship for believers. We should observe the Lord's Supper. We should spend a lot of time in prayer. We must also be a place that welcomes sinners into a place that elevates the name of Jesus And who he is so that they may come to know him as well. We teach salvation through Jesus Christ. We should be faithful in sharing the gospel here and outside of here. We should look after orphans and widows. We are to keep ourselves from being polluted by the world. And I'm wrapping up. Almost. I hit on this earlier. The church is weak right now. When, when the government and the world throws things in our face, instead of standing up for what we believe in, we cower down and be quiet. Again, not just, I'm just universally. 
We are not walking in the power and authority that God has given us. We are sometimes looking more like the world instead of the bride of Christ. Preaching to myself. We should, as a church, understand just how powerful the Holy Spirit in us can be. And everybody you know, says, well, the world is such a mess. The, the world is in such a great mess. And I just say we serve a great God that's bigger than all of that stuff. We should rise up as believers, as the church, and start changing our communities. We should not live in a spirit of fear because God doesn't give us that. We should be bold enough to share the gospel with those we come encounter with. Encounter with. We should be bold enough to love people that other people don't want to even be around. We should be strong enough in our commitment to Christ that nothing stands in the way of us getting people to Jesus. We should have enough passion and love and excitement inside of us that every time we get together as a family that we encounter God, that we're excited about what we're doing. Because the only way the world around us is, is going to get any better is by us putting Jesus into it. The church can't be the church only on Sundays and Wednesdays. There's five other days in the week that we have opportunity to be the church. We have opportunity to share God's love with people. We have opportunity to live like we're supposed to be living. I'm not perfect, you're not perfect, but I would love us to walk out what we say we believe on a daily basis. I would love for us to be who we should be outside of here. And I would love for us to understand how much power and authority that we have in this world. And when you start to make a stand, no, there will, become, there will come, become people that are against it. It's a given. And those times will come, but I encourage you to stand. And when you've done all you can do, stand. Keep standing. Keep walking with the Lord. Keep doing the things that pleases, please his heart. Even when it gets difficult. On those days, you know, I'm, I'm finding that I have fewer of those. I used to... You know, in the seasons of life that I was in, I used to wake up and have good days in the Lord. I, I used to wake up and be like, mm, I don't want to read. I don't want to worship. I don't want to praise you. I don't want to share your love right now. I just don't feel it today. But I'm finding those are fewer and fewer now as, the, as I try to get closer and closer to him because every day is a blessing and every day is an opportunity to share God's love with somebody no matter what I feel. The day I take a day off could be the day that somebody has to hell because I was not feeling it that day. I'm going to close with a spoken word that I found. It's not mine, but I love it. And it's called, 
It's our time. And I'm telling you, church, that we've got to rise up. We've got to step up and be who God's called us to be. You want your friends and your family members to come to the Lord, then you need to step up and be who you should be. And share the gospel, share the love of Jesus. I'm going to have you guys rise up before I read this. And this altar call, again, every altar call, there's, there's altar for salvation, for rededicating your life. This morning as I read this, I want you to just look within. Am I being the church as well as I could be? Just, just evaluate yourself, not somebody around you because we can all cast judgment. But just look at yourself as I read these words and see if it speaks to you. And this morning as we give the altar call after that, just come and say, Lord, help me be who I should be. Amen? If you go ahead and start it. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Von H Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model his unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse or muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have is now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess that we're mangled. Our sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy. There's a glorious prize waiting to be won and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight by being to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the church from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other, we are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure as long as we give both talents and treasure. The workers are few, the harvest is plenty. There are so many lives that are running on empty. Scores of people trying to cope, they've come to the end of their proverbial rope young eyes are wandering looking for direction let's make sure we point them to his resurrection the clock is ticking we're on our dime hey church rise up it's our time i pray i pray i pray that those words resonated in your soul, in your heart this morning, in your mind. 
and that you understand that the time is short. That we have to be who God has called us to be. And that may mean to step out of our comfort zones. That may be doing things that we're not used to doing, but we have to be who God has called us to be. I, for one, I I don't know about you, but I'm tired of walking around weak and defeated as a church. I'm tired of the world looking at us like they look at us. As as something, as an entity, as a group of people that has no power and authority over the things that the devil is trying to put into the world. Not trying, he's put them there. We have to rise up together. If, If we're doing what we should be doing, every single week there would be people saved. And that's something that is hurting me right now, that is tearing me up as the pastor that over the course of a year and and, in one month, we have not seen a lot of salvations in these altars. That hurts to know the very thing that God has called us to do. And I'm talking to myself, I'm not doing it the way I should be. I love people, you love people, but there comes a point as you're loving them, as you're pouring into them, that you have to share the gospel. You have to tell them about reality of hell and the reality of heaven. And that's a tough conversation to have, but as you build relationship, you can, you can talk to them. You can let them know. Because then you can say, I shared. I did what you asked me to do, God. Even if they reject it, they rejected him, not what you were giving them, okay? They reject, don't take it personal, but do it. I'm ashamed to, you know, if I was to ask this question, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. How many people have led two people to the Lord in the past year? It hurts. It hurts to know I'm not doing what he's called me to do to the best of my ability with him working through me. That I let other things get in the way of spending time with him so he can empower me and encourage me to do what he's called me to do. So as we worship this morning, I hope some of this made sense. As we worship and we pray, I I encourage you, if it's you this morning, this time that we're about to enter into at altar time is sacred, it's holy, it's reverent. It's a time to encounter the Holy Spirit in your life. So whatever you need this morning, I encourage you to come up and get it from the Lord. But maybe you're in here this morning and and you say, I'm the person who the world looks at like, that's who you are. And I don't see myself as God sees me how I should be. If that's you this morning, I just encourage you to come find a place to pray that God would reveal to you things in your life that need to change in order to be who you should be for him. And I'll be the first one here because I know I can do better. I know I can make God more of a priority in my life, in my family's life, in my marriage, in my parenting. So this morning as we worship, I'm gonna open up the altars. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to do what only he can do. If you're in here this morning, you need prayer for anything, please come. We'll have some people up here to pray with you if I'm not available. But please come, please come, please come and lay it down this morning. In Jesus' name, Lord, we just pray right now for an outpouring of your spirit in this place. Lord, I pray for hearts to come to you this morning. I pray for hearts to be who we should be this morning, God. Let us rise up as a body of believers.
and be strong and courageous for you and take the ground that you've put before us, God. I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.